A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Okay, this is Music at a Rational Volume uh, number 11. Today we are talking about uh, one of Nate's favorites, Weird Al Yankovic. Senior Weird Al. Nate, why did he not make your top five? I don't get that. (laughs) Well, I think that was, um, as we were doing it, I was thinking about the artist that formed me. (laughs) And I think about Weird Al, and for whatever reason... Uh, I just I just couldn't pull the trigger. I don't know why. It seemed like every mixtape, and I, I, I sort of joke about this. It always has Bernicke ladies and Weird Al Yankovic. I'm not really that far exaggerating on that. Almost always, you're almost correct. always. Almost I'm gonna always. go with always, but <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, I think. But as I was thinking about it later, I was thinking it's endemic of how people treat his career in general. You've got sort of a snobbery about it. Like, well, yeah, they can't take him seriously because every, every city has some jackass that does parodies and, you know, they work for their local radio station and they're not very good. They're usually pretty bad. So why would you take someone seriously? So why, why are we talking about weird Al today though? Why, why are we dead? devoting a show to him what was the premise well, of that well i think it is sort of uh to make up for my uh inability to own up to it <laughs> a couple episodes back there you go and i think he deserves a little bit of attention some specific attention so so would you say the guilt's been weighing on you uh no i mean no more than usual yeah no i've seen him five or six times live and he's always great. The band's always great. And I've always thought, how does this guy not receive the sort of legend status that, you know, the stones or the, you know, some of these other who've been making music just as long. Or, you know, he's not as serious as the stones or Prince or, um, you know, the Doobie brothers or wherever else that they think is, uh, serious musicians, you know, Springsteen and Dylan and whatever else. So he does make a lot of funny records and, and parodies, and uh, his lyrics are quite bizarre often. And so people think uh, can be. he's a joke. But I think the joke is, I mean, is that his band is super tight, and they're actually very, very good at what they do. Yeah. And they can play just, just about because anything. you make jokes doesn't make it doesn't make the art less less so. Like it's the same thing right. in Hollywood. You know, there, there's no comedy that's going to win Best Picture, but the the effort and the talent that are put into those movies, you know, maybe it's exactly because comedy is more subjective. Maybe it's the nerd the nerd factor. Like Weird Al puts content in his music that appeals to nerds and outsiders and the people who aren't used to liking the cool thing and right you know in the sort of cult of cool you know weird Al's not <laughs> in the same sphere as some of the other you know trendy artists or so weird Al, in a way is kind of like your uh he's 
it's kind of like your monkeys pick right like oh they're a joke they're not real yeah, it's, yeah. it's they're not real musicians it's not uh, something to be taken seriously and but i think what's the old saying it's only rock and roll um but yeah. that's the thing too is he's not really coming out and saying hey i'm a rocker you know he's just this weird guy hence the name and um yeah. he makes strange music for strange people yeah, the difference between Weird Al and the Monkees is that the Monkees tend to do kind of one genre, one thing. Weird Al goes all over the place and does it well. He can parody just about anybody. Well, yeah, I would kind of argue that about the Monkees doing one thing. I don't know about doing it well, because some of their songs flat out suck. <laughs> like most of the ones that Davey wrote are not very good, but... Yeah, I give you that. We'll get into that a little bit. For those of you who don't know, his name is Weird Al. Well, it's Al. Alfred Matthew Yankovic. He was born in Downey, California, October 23rd, 1959. He went to Linwood High School, which is, I don't know, you're more versed in that, somewhere in the Southern Cal area. He was a valedictorian of his senior class when he was 15. I think he, he got in kindergarten early, skipped second grade. He's a smart dude. It's, I don't know how you do that, how you go through high school two years younger than everybody. So he would have entered high school, what, 13, 12? I couldn't have. That's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, he graduated from that, went to Cal Poly, got a degree in architecture. And I don't know if he had any plans to do that, because I know he started doing his music in college, right? Or probably a little before that. Yeah, he was he was at the radio station there, so he had uh, I think it was overnights. I could be I could be wrong with that, but um, yeah, he he started plotting his music stuff at that point. Um, I think that's where he heard Weird Al too, or not Weird Al, Doctor Demento was where I was trying to find. Um, I think that's where that started as well. Yeah, Doctor Demento was really instrumental in his career. Radio gig. He, he came to one of his shows at a school, and Al gave him a, one of his tapes and a song called Belvedere Cruise, and Doctor Demento played that on his show off the tape. Like what the? That yeah. absolutely doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> and then he went back again. Well, he was no against there. Doctor Demento anymore. No. But he went to see Dr. Mento again. He was invited back. He was outside rehearsing a song, and he meets John Bermuda Schwartz, who is, uh, he's like, hey, I'm a drummer. He's like, well, come on and help me do this. And I, he played drums on his accordion case, apparently, on the show. And yep. then yep. joins his band. Uh, he also got Jim West and Steve Jay. I believe they auditioned. And he's had the same freaking band since 1983. They added a keyboard player, uh, Ruben, in, in 91. He must be a pretty good guy to work for. Everything I've heard says he's a genuinely sweet man. Let's finish up with his, uh, his bio here. So he is one of the kind of a big hitter, I guess. As you know, he's got 14 studio records. He sold 12 million of them. Nine of them went gold, six of them platinum. Bad Hair Day went double platinum. He's got five Grammys. He did a movie in 89, which did not do that well. Although, I thought it was pretty good. Well, it was a very indie operation. Like I don't, I don't know that anybody really expected it to be a major motion picture in the same way that some other stuff is 
I made its money back, but I mean, not much, but the soundtrack didn't do very well. And, well, they, they didn't make uh, another one. They did not. The soundtrack's weird. It's got a few, it's got a few interesting things, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little out there. The movie's weird though. The movie's quite strange. I think they just said, get it under budget. You got 5 million, make your damn movie and we'll put it out. His records were selling, so they said, who knows? There's got to be some kids that will like this or some weirdos. And, you know, if they buy his records, maybe they'll go to his movie and we can make a few million off it. I think that's probably what they were thinking. And then, you know, with, I guess that was, what, 89? So they would have had um, at least videos. You know, if it doesn't sell, it'll go to video and cable. And so you can make money off that, which they probably did. Because people like you, I'm sure, have it on DVD or Blu-ray or... Well, I have bought three different copies. Yeah. There you go. I bought it on VHS first. Laserdisc. And and DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> I did not do Laserdisc. I, I did. I honestly <laughs> didn't know it came out on Blu-ray. Was it? Did you have to buy that in like Germany or where? Where did you find that? It just came out here? Uh, I, well, I... I, I say that, and I'm not entirely sure it is. <laughs> it, it might be from a foreign country. We're not sure, but yeah, yeah. the 25th anniversary Blu-ray you can buy from Shout Factory for 18.97. Case you're wondering, right. kids. There you go. Well, Shout Factory does a lot of that kind of um, quirky pop culture. Um, yeah, uh, older TV shows. I think. I think they put out his show. He had a TV show? Yeah, his ill-fated morning show, yeah. Well, what it's the Weird Al show. You know, know that one? No. <laughs> Win some, lose some. <laughs> Kyle, I, I don't know that you're missing much. I'm it's just a little, little... <laughs> Shell Factory put that out, too? You're not, they do some you're cool, not cool stuff. enough? I'm definitely not. Yeah. Well, Nate, let's get back to the music. Yeah. Where did you first hear Al's stuff? Uh, Dr. Demento. You heard him on Dr. Demento? Yeah, when I was a kid, Dr. Demento. Yeah, my brother is five years older than me, and he would listen to them. But it was like Saturday night, and it was past my bedtime. Oh, yeah. So I'd have to uh, smuggle a radio <laughs> into the bedroom. I like think this was pre-headphone days. I don't know that I had any headphones, but I would snuggle the and like put it under my pillow and then yeah. put my head on the pillow so that I could hear it without like you know waking anybody else up. Uh, right. I would mostly fall asleep, so uh, as soon as I got a tape recorder, I would um, just <laughs> set it to record and then listen to it later. Right. Do you know the first song that you heard? Uh, I want to say it was the first one I remember was Yoda. Cause I think my brother got dare to be stupid for a birthday or Christmas or something. I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy on that, but um, right. Yeah. That was one of the things he did share with me. <laughs> he was not very, uh, <laughs> sharing was not high on his list uh, with his little brother though. Uh, that's how it goes. Um, yeah, he was just as instrumental in my exposure to Weird Al is, which is funny because I've gone to see several shows uh, with my brother uh, to see Weird Al play. So. Wow, 
Yeah, it's been as early as that. So what's the first record that you bought then? What's your first Weird Al record you bought yourself? Uh, yeah, that would be Off the Deep End. I don't okay. know, what, 12? Something like that. That would have been 92, uh, something like that? 93? Yeah, I remember all the other people kind of my age and older were buying Nirvana at the time. <laughs> did, did not understand any of that. I still don't. For those of you who like Nirvana, good on you. But uh, I never got it. Never understood it. Yeah. As far as the I don't, voice I just don't think I was generation stuff. enough at that point. Perhaps not. You're probably too <laughs> well, cheerful. If you, if you believe Rolling Stone. Yeah. So getting back to Al. So you've been listening to his music a long time. What What is it that you like about it? What's the thing that keeps bringing you back? Why do you buy his records when they come out? It is the sense of humor. It is the clever turns of phrase. It's the sometimes it's abject silliness that he does. Right. This yeah. Uh, fills me with a kind of joy you don't really get from other music. Like I think a lot of pop music just takes themselves way too seriously, and well, they're not. Yeah. You know. Interested in, <laughs> and going back to the Nirvana discussion. Yeah, the image. Yeah, well, it's it's the cult of cool, you know. Everybody's searching to be the next thing, the next, you know, popular movement, you know. And the thing I like about Weird Al is he's basically done the same thing as a commentary on that stuff from the beginning. He watches the the popular trends and calls out the BS when he sees it. Apparently, watches a lot of TV as well. He's got a lot of songs about, you know, TV and food and pop culture stuff. And um, I don't know. He seems to be aware of what's going on around him. You know, he yeah, definitely. Well, like, I, like I was saying earlier with sort of the because he he's not a part of it. So he represents the everyman. And that's why like I mentioned he he appeals to nerds because they're, you know, just as outside the coolness is. You know, so to, to have someone else comment on it and you can go, oh, yeah, that's why that's stupid or that's why that doesn't make any sense or that's why. I know, but now yeah, it's, it's, it's come thing. all the way around where he is part of it and nerd is cool. And so it's weird that he's still, you know, I, he's still around. He's still doing the same kind of stuff. It's not that much different from what he was doing in the 80s. Yeah, I think that changed around Alpocalypse. How, how so? When he did the uh, Lady Gaga one, his parody was Perform This Way, and her song was obviously Born This Way. Born This Way. So it wasn't like a send-up of it, or it wasn't commenting on it. It was kind of a homage to it, if that seems... It, it seemed like an odd take on it. Um, okay. But the rest of that album's really good. Um, but it, it feel like the people that he was parodying all of a sudden kind of had a respect for him. And that, I think it's a weird dynamic. I think that kind of has to do just with the fact that he's been around so long though. Like, wow, if he parried Mike, Michael Jackson and Jackson was cool with it. Well, he's influenced. That's kind of like a badge of honor. Now, if weird Al does one of your songs, now you really made it. Now you really had a hit record. If he does it, you know, 
Yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Because you look at what he did with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda with the Hamilton polka. Uh, all of a sudden it was celebrated. And it wasn't a send-up and it wasn't kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't poking fun at the phenomenon of Hamilton. It was kind of a a loving take on it. Am I, I don't know. Am I explaining the difference, I think? So maybe he's kind of, he might be kind of growing a little. Yeah, because if you look at... Uh, Smells like Nirvana. That's really making fun of the video and of the band and of their lyrics. <laughs> you know, it's right. sort of taking a shot yeah, at it. it. Even like Amish Paradise, it's kind of kind of taking a shot at being so serious about, you know, and then Coolio had the big backlash about, oh, I hated it and, you know, all this stuff. But it's like, settle down, dude. It's 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 just a song. It's fine. But yeah, you're right, though, where now it's yeah. not taking those uh, pot shots and it is more of an homage. And maybe that's just growth as a person or an artist or whatever. Could be. I mean, I didn't ever think it was mean spirited. Like, I think that's why people continue to let him do their songs was that, you know, <laughs> like, oh, maybe I was up my own butt on that moment or that video or that song. Right. And, you know, you take the ribbing, but at the point where the satirist lacks bite, you know, it really kind of takes a, takes a bit of the, the edge off and the sting off. So are you saying you don't like the newer stuff as much then? Has it not been as much fun for you then? The parodies. Because you're like, uh, uh. The, the parodies in particular, like, yeah. Because on, uh, I think on that one, I did a Miley Cyrus one. Um, but his, uh, originals on that record are really good. Um, like that has my favorite, one of my favorite Weird Al originals of all time, Skipper Dan and CNR. <laughs> and those two are, those two are great. Skipper Dan is so, oh, you laugh. it's so sad. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, what if you are working at, but everybody Disneyland. knows a guy like that, don't you? Well, I might be a guy like that. So going, well, yeah, this is it. The dream is over and this might be, this it might be as good as it gets, but I just thought, wow, it's funny, but it's yeah, just like, everything I planned, everything I worked for. It's turned to crap. Yeah. That's kind of like kick in the face, you know, and it is more of a lineal uh, yeah. kind of uh, story song where, you know, a lot of his other songs will be just the most, Bizarrely, well, even like with CNR, you know, taught taught a rattlesnake to do my laundry and all these weird lyrics that don't seem like they necessarily go together. He was commenting on the Chuck Norris stuff that was going on, you know, where yes, Chuck Norris could do anything. Yeah, there's all these memes and stuff, t-shirts and everything. What what if what if Charles Nelson Riley was the coolest guy? He can't be guy from the seventies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's not a no. lot of people putting charles nelson riley in their songs no i love his cleverness and i don't i mean i like a good potty humor joke uh, but i also like wit and wisdom and i feel like weird out gives me all of that cool do you want to talk about the songs a little bit uh, yeah, so we put together a cool playlist of the songs we think are most representative of 
the talent of both Weird Al and his band and why they should be taken seriously as more than just rip off artists who take other people's work and just slap new words on it. Um, they're excellent musicians. Well, I think a lot of people don't know that he does original songs. I think a lot of people think he's just that guy who does, you know, uh, you know, bad and Amish paradise and, you know, he has fart jokes or whatever. I don't think people know that, uh, that he does original music. They're like, Oh, he does those polkas and different things. No, I think we talked about it in, in the, in our top five episodes, we talked a lot about how we both didn't really see past the hits of the bands. We didn't know so well. Right. So I don't think people, I think people hear word out. I think, Oh, he tells jokes and, rips off other people's songs. Right. They, they're not going to dig deep into his catalog and they're not going to care that he does originals. Right. Or they're not going to care that his band does. Right. But his band, I mean, they do just about every genre of music, you know, they do doo-wop and they do polka and they do country yeah. and they do hard rock and the metal and rap and, and hip hop. And I mean, anything mm-hmm. and they can do a song that sounds like Prince. They yeah. do a song that sounds like Devo and you're like, how do they do that? Where it's, they're not doing a Devo song, but it, you know, dare to be stupid does sound like Devo. You know, he just gets really into the nuances of a lot of these bands. Yeah. The, the genre parodies are, yeah, they're, the genre of parodies are awesome. But with these songs, we did all original ones, right? I believe. Yes. Uh, I think so. I just went with songs yeah, we didn't that, pick any of the parodies. that I liked um, is the songs that I like best. And I don't think I have do I have two Weird Al records? I've got Bad Hair Day for sure. Which I think if it's not his best, it's one of his best ones. And I might have Running With Scissors. But if I have that, I haven't listened to it on CD in a long time, but I don't know if the ones I went with, I just thought um, these are good songs that kind of could have been pop hits. I think if the lyrics were structured differently, the songs are really good and the playing's always fantastic. The guys can yeah. sing and they're always in tune and their harmonies are incredible. And I think nobody really uh, sees that. They just see, well, He's a jokey guy with the weird glasses and the Hawaiian shirts. And But to be fair, when he is on TV, he is a weird looking guy with glasses and, you know, Hawaiian shirts that plays the accordion. So, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong, but right. he's also really good at what he does. Yes. And so is his band and they make good music. Because who else do you know that, that does parodies? Good ones? Uh, not many. I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know that anybody that I've spent any money on. I think. I think Weird Al has got himself a niche in the comedy world because there are other comedians that sing that I enjoy. Uh, your Stephen Lynch's, your Bo Burnham, like those guys. Um, but they're not. They're not parodying songs. They're just writing comedy songs. So in that sense, you know, I would throw them in with Weird Al, but. Um, yeah, pop culture relevance, he's not really in, in anyone else's league. Yeah, but he doesn't really do comedy per se. He doesn't do stand-up. He just does music. So as far as that goes... Right. Um, so that's really the difference. I mean, just... 
I think people kind of, I think he's still around because he's not a dick, you know? Like, his stuff isn't mean-spirited. It's just fun. You know, like you said, you started listening when you were 12 years old, and you're like, yeah, I still like it. It's fun. It's funny. His lyrics are clever. Yeah. Kind of like if you listen to some of the Alice Cooper lyrics, it's really funny. The Ramones were funny. He's always treated everybody yeah. with respect. He never did a yeah. Prince cover because Prince said no because Prince was, you know, super serious about his, you know, his music was – I don't know, on a different plane or whatever. I like Prince, but it's like, settle down, dude. I mean, come on. You know, Michael Jackson wouldn't let him do Black and White because he said, no, it's one of my serious songs. You know, he did a couple of my others, and he was a fan. But And he said, okay, I'll just do something else. So he's been respectful of that, and I think that's why people have been like, well, you know, he um, seems to be a good guy, and he's not trying to be mean, and he doesn't crap on anybody so yeah go ahead yeah and i think you know if you treat people with respect you will get respect in return and i think he is a perfect example of that cool did we beat that into the ground i think that's it i i think that's all there is to say right. uh yeah hopefully you will take weird out a little more seriously and not mm. uh not talk crap to your friends who say they like him grow up green day all right until next week we'll see you guys later see ya